end of the month, which means, of course, that it's time for another bountiful banquet from the 2233 International Menu of Magical Culinary Experiences. So grab a seat at the table and prepare to dig in. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange and food stories. Dobertech. The smell of horse meat <laughs> and oil is, is one of the best things I tasted that entire trip. And that's uh, that we had at that dinner as well with the uh, goat's head. It was delicious. Yeah, it was incredible. That's mostly what I think of about that whole trip. Yeah, generally. That's most of what we did. (laughs) This week, finding wonderful food through the magic of Wasta. Eating beast. Literally eating beast and the ritual and tradition of mate. Join us on a journey around the world to tickle your taste buds. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all. These exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. Ooh, yes. I don't know how to express it because I need the uh, hot, uh, hot sauce. But I ask them, is it hot? Yes. But it's not hot. It's sauce. It, it's sour and and sweet. <laughs> we don't add uh, chili and sugar and sweet things. So when I when I test that, it's not good for me. <laughs> That's, uh, it's crazy for me because uh, you add salt and uh, the the chili, the red chili, which is grinded and it has some process. But adding to that a sweet thing, it's not uh, good for me. <laughs> I was also thinking of uh, in Dushanbe with our, our guide there in Tajikistan named Mahmoud, who just had all the, to use an Iraqi word, wasta. He had just so many connections anywhere he went. Just if he said, you know, we're going to be here when we need uh, half a lamb slaughtered. We showed up at that time and there was our lamb. And it was, and so I, I love food. And um, that was one, one of the first nights that we went to dinner in Dushanbe in Tajikistan. Mahmoud just said, all right, we're going to this place. We're going to pick up a couple vegetables from this local market. And then we're going to drive to... A restaurant and eat and it doesn't exist on a map but i know i know the owner he's gonna hook it up that was everything with Mahmoud. i know the guy he's gonna hook it up we're fine and we were always more than fine so we're we're go to the market we're looking at different things he's picking up some different produce and looking at it pretty similar you know uh onions and cabbage carrots and stuff like that and uh so we go down these roads, you know, all of it's pretty foreign. And then we're, we're, you know, the, the streetlights stop existing and then the pavement stops existing and we're going through these really windy. It's like 
there's streets and alleys and then the streets are alleys. So we're just real thick in the, in the weeds. We come up to this like house and we walk through this garage. There was a car there and we like kind of scoot past the car and then there's this other room attached to this garage looking place and it's covered in a carpet and so everybody takes off their shoes and we sit down, it's this beautiful ornamented carpet and a low table and uh, and they had done a, a quick pickle on our vegetables and presented those out. We kind of gotten used to uh, a lot of pickled vegetables around meals. That was turned out to be a very good idea. And, and that fermented yogurt. Fermented yogurt, yeah, that was really great. Lots of dill, it was... So it really, yeah, opened up the minds in in the food realm a lot. That's a lot of what I took away from it. You know, the music was great too and stuff. But <laughs> but this this night we we go down and and we have our pickled vegetables and we eat that and then there's huge plates of uh, panjikin. It was panjikin, not uh, it was, so it was near Dushanbe. Panjikin plov is the world's best plov and this huge. Uh, bowls of rice and there's yellow carrots and you smell all these different oils and, and fats that we learned came from lamb and cotton seed oil and uh, and sunflower oil is something that they use there too and and we're sitting there so we get a you know fork and a spoon to eat this rice dish and it just it just smells amazing like not like a pot roast or anything just something it was delicious it's kind of hard to describe it was just um, like one giant plate that they yeah, served. Yeah, I mean that thing mm -hmm. was like probably yeah. like what was it like an eighteen inch dish? At least, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, so so we're there's you know eight ten of us around here um, with our embassy people and our drivers, and we're eating with the fork and spoon and because uh, that's what they were served us with, and we see the local guys using their hands to scoop it on the side of the of the bowl, and and they're like, oh, you got to try it like this, and and Mahmoud. Is very silly, you know. So, our, us Americans who've never done this before, like leaning over and almost falling over on this carpet and scooping it on the side, and the rice is just falling through our fingers because you have to hold <laughs> the fingers really tight and press it up against the side of the bowl and then like shove it into the side of your cheek. Um, but but when you get it right, it really tasted so much better than eating off a spoon. I can't explain why or how that happened, but. That time in particular, Mahmoud really hooked it up uh, with some just delicious lamb and, and uh, panjakint plov. Australia as well. It's not really available. Yeah. Um, but another food story, do you want to tell us about shashlik or the... Oh, happily. Okay, you got I okay. know you need this. So we were in Tajikistan traveling and, you know, again, we try to eat everything. Like, I want to at least try it. Um, if I'm not allergic to it, I will try it. Um, we do better with things that don't look like what they were before they were cooked. But, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like, we'll we'll, we'll try things. Um, and so we stopped, I think we're in Tajikistan, we stopped in the north of the country to have a, a lunch before we headed off to do a workshop. Um, this workshop, by the way, was going to be in a community which has one of the highest rates of, of young people um, defecting to ISIS at the time when we were there. So it was really important to us to be to be engaged with what was happening. So we needed a good solid lunch for this. We were really excited about this and we went to a place and had just pounds of plov, you know, which is rice and uh, and some veggies in there and delicious fresh ve uh, tomatoes and, and oil, so many good things. Uh, but they brought us um, 
some shashlik, which is kind of a generic term for 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 cooked meat, um, for grilled meat, and um, and they brought us different kinds, some skewers and things, and and we you know we just did our due diligence and asked what the different things were, and we were told you know there's some chicken here, there's some goat here. Um, you know, there's some lamb, lots of lamb, and then there was another one, a very gray one. That's what I remember. It's a very gray dish, and uh, we asked, "What is that one?" And our interpreters uh, kind of stumbled and said, ah, "I, I don't know how to say this. I don't know what the word is." We were like, uh, "What does it look like? You know, what 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 does it sound like?" And she said, I, "Honestly, I don't know. Um, it's beast." And we were like, uh, so we started going down the list of, 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 of up until then edible beasts. So, you know, we tried buffalo, bison, bear, horse, and it was none of those things. So, uh, I, I mean, we still don't know what, what it was. It tasted gray. I mean, it looked gray and it tasted gray. Um, I still don't know what it, what it was. Um, but we talk about that a lot whenever we're at a place now and something tastes off we're like it's probably just the beast that you 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 got I mean literally what is it is it a, a yeti what I don't know I still don't know I don't know but I do know that I glow in the dark now at night so yeah <laughs> so I'm lying that last bit was a lie There's, uh, we did uh, some we did some work in Taiwan and you travel around and one of the easiest foods is they do a food box <laughs> <laughs> and it usually consists of like uh, usually of a hard-boiled egg, some form of beast maybe, and um, rice. rice and you know cabbage or something like that. They're pretty much the same. But every village or town that we went to said this is the most famous lunchbox in all of Taiwan. All of Taiwan. <laughs> every single place had. The... <laughs> it was delicious, but I just remember there was like, you're not, you don't want to miss this one. This is the one. Mm -hmm. Do you have one? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Same thing Same with thing the plov. Yeah. Yeah. Ours is the yeah. best plov you'll have, but it's just inverted or like <laughs> they put the meat on the side. But but hey, it's I mean, it was the best I had that day, so I can't. And if they want us to try it all. To me, this is the best food that I've had on our travels is when we went to Georgia. Georgia was, wow. If I would have stayed there longer than a week, I would have definitely gained like 20 pounds. But the part I remember the most was I ordered a hot chocolate. And <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I could really go for some hot chocolate. And they bring it over and it's it was like this full cup of just melted chocolate it was not a hot i was like oh wow this looks a little oh, okay a little different i just thought like oh maybe they use real chocolate instead of that generic powder and then i took a sip and it was like oh this is actually chocolate this is just like i was supposed to pour it on the dessert or something like that <laughs> like, <laughs> right exactly i was like i was like i took about three sips and i was like oh, okay i can't i was like that was different that was different but the food was incredible there the uh kachapore mm. cheese bread mm. 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 and it was only a quarter <sighs> that was trouble that was trouble 
you want a bad food story? Sure. Oh. <laughs> okay. So we were in Jordan, uh, and the thing that I was looking most forward to in Jordan, aside from the work, like the touristy thing I was most looking forward to was going to Petra. It's just, been, I mean, it's in Indiana Jones. If you don't know this, Google it. Just Google Petra Jordan. You'll see the most glorious photos. It does look like that. Um, it is breathtaking. I mean, it truly, like... <gasps> Every time you turn a corner, you're like, I can't believe this is real. Um, and so I had been looking forward to that the entire trip. The day prior, we did a, a huge workshop. We actually uh, did a big show, and uh, uh, we had a bunch of local dancers join us for the show. It was a really cool event. And so we couldn't leave during the day, so they brought us food. They brought us really yummy shawarma from like a, uh, like a fast food kind of joint. And um, it was really, really yummy, and we all devoured it. But one of the things that my grandma used to tell me was that um, you should not eat anything that has egg in it if it's not cold, like once it's made. It's just the thing she used to say. And I don't know if that's actually true from a scientific standpoint. I don't know if, that, if it matters. I'm sure it's fine. But I, I carry around this thing about eggs. So long story short, the shawarma was delicious, but they brought us all these packets of warm garlic mayo. Um, and I just had a feeling like my, just my spidey sense tingled and I was like, you know what? This is great without it. I just, I won't have it. As it turns out, um, everybody who did have the garlic mayo, um, paid a hefty price for the egg being warm thing. And so the morning, the night before and then the morning of our, our trip up to our day trip up to Petra, pretty much our entire group was really sick, really, really sick. Um, Fredo was really sick, but still dragged himself out for the many mile hike up the many mile high mountain. Brutal. Um, but I remember thinking like, lucky me, like <laughs> firstly, selfishly, like good for me, I'm not <laughs> ill. Um, but then I thought, what a bummer. I'm pretty much the only one enjoying this trip. I'm like, the others came with me, but I was like, look at this guys, you know, taking uh, selfies and they're all like. I need to yeah. sit quietly. I'm like, just a few more steps. They're like, I really, like Christopher, I need to sit down. I'm like, guys, what's going on? The sun's going to set. So I just remember that. So note to, to all wary listeners, just just leave the mayo off if it's not. You know, if you don't know, just don't eat the mayo. Just, that's my bad food story. <laughs> Food, I wanted to take mac and cheese because I, I really love mac and cheese. And I would say my host mom is a very good cook. Even though she's busy like all day, mostly like all the days she's busy and like she works like from sometimes from 4 a.m. till 5. Um, but she does like, I, which I really appreciate. She comes back home and she makes dinner for all of us and, she, and it's always good. I'm like the enchiladas, I like she like she cooks mostly like Mexican food. I really love it. I wish I can learn everything and just <laughs> take it back home with me. I failed really bad once actually. So we had like this dish where you put like flour um, like and you boil it in some big bowl of water. Um, instead of <laughs> flour, I put sugar. <laughs> I mean, it was like really thin sugar, like, you know, so it really didn't look different. Uh, that was like one big failure I've done. 
Um, but then again, I, I think like eventually I made like some like a decent meal, which I'm happy that my host family had the chance to try Libyan food. <laughs> I've tried alligator meat. <laughs> um, that was so. My local coordinator, she's like one of them. Like she's amazing. She's like one of one of the most wonderful people. I, I will never forget everything she did for us, because she was always there. She offered all the help she can, and she was always finding opportunities for us and stuff to do. So one one thing she did on spring break is she took us like uh, for a cross country trip. All like along the Route 66, the historic Route 66, from Arizona, we went all the way to Chicago, and then New York City, DC. Then we went all the way down. We didn't go to Florida though, but we went like, you know, we stopped by New Orleans and like all those in Texas and fun places. So in I think it was in New Orleans, there's like a place that sells like alligator meat, and I mean I've I've read it like on the menu. I was like, okay, that's that sounds interesting. I should try it. But I never, I didn't like think it was actual, an actual alligator meat. <laughs> so as soon as I tried it, it tasted like chicken. It felt like chicken. But then like my friends came up to me, they were, they were like, this is like an, a real alligator meat. I was like, oh yeah, well. <laughs> so whenever I tell someone back home, I've tried this to be like, you did what? <laughs> We tried um, having lobster rolls as well. Newport like had a lot of really good seafood places. Even they even had like lobster pizza, which is really fancy. We were kind of like, we never see a lot of lobster before, but yeah, it was pretty pretty fancy. So we're like, let's treat ourselves. You know that we don't go to Newport every time, so it's pretty pretty nice. Yeah. The first thing that we were actually like pretty surprised about were the portions of the food is so different to the portions back home. I was kind of like, this is good for like two people. We're like these really small Asians coming down to the restaurant and we're like, oh, so we probably should have shared. <laughs> but yeah, it was it's really great. We we're always like subconsciously leaning towards Asian food. So for me, it was like, because I love Korean food as well. So like I was like, there wasn't a lot of Malaysian and Indonesian food close to where we were staying in Providence. So I was like, Korean food, Chinese food, it's all good. We're like, I guess that's for me, like, because I've, I've traveled quite a bit because my dad's also a diplomat. So we've kind of moved around uh, the world quite a bit. And the thing that I've always found comes comfort in and found myself being fe feeling like I was home was always in food so yeah we have like this traditional food called ambuyat which is basically I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, um, it's from this plant. Okay, I'm messing this up, but it's uh, this product called sago. And it's like a, 
oh god i don't know how to explain it but it's like white and translucent and it was essentially um a rice substitute uh back in the days that became kind of a staple for people when we didn't have access to food uh, because of the world war too so um and it kind of becomes like a traditional food now and you've got different sides to it which is like pickled mangoes, really, really different stuff for different people. So it's pretty exci exciting, yeah. I love Uruguayan food just because it's like a lot of meat and I love steak. Um, but one of the crazier foods uh, from Uruguay that I can't forget, and I haven't had it in forever, so I don't even know how it's coming back to my brain right now, but it's called chivito, and it's this sandwich. I mean, no, it's not a sandwich. It's a mega sandwich that just, it has egg, it has avocado, it has whatever you want to put on it. But it's just this massive uh, undertaking of a sandwich uh, that is delicious. <laughs> and I will never forget them. So one, mate in itself was already a foreign experience. Um, so drinking mate, you, Uruguayan culture is just, it's all about it. Uh, so you feel like a foreigner when you don't know what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to serve it, when do you pass it, when do you, you know, everything about it. it it's just such a ritualistic part of their culture. And so that was already a part where I was like, okay, I'm out of my element. It's interesting because you do have to know what, what how do you like your mate, um, and you need to know how to uh, encevar uh, the the gourd. Uh, you, it's not actually super complicated once you get to know it. I mean, it's just about putting the mate, the hierba, in, and then pouring the water in such an angle in which you know you it's it's not necessarily going to get like all mixed. It's not like a tea in, in the, the way that you steep tea normally, um, and you put in the, the what it's the metal straw basically and then you take out a few uh, sorbos uh, or uh, you you sip from it and and then it's when it's time for the next person to because it's it's normally shared or it can be shared um, and so you'll pour another little bit of water and then you'll pass it on to that that person uh, but I for example one of the things that I learned was that I didn't love the strong mate, which is the way that it was mostly drank um, in, in Uruguay or in most of the places that we shared mate with. Um, but I liked it with a little bit of sugar. Um, and that was something that um, it was totally acceptable to drink it with sugar. Um, but I didn't come to learn that until much later. And that was another one of the ways in which you could drink a mate. Thank you.
2233 is produced by The Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name's Christopher Wurst. I'm the director of The Collaboratory. 2233 is named for Title 22, Chapter 33 of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. In this episode, our taste buds gave thanks to Richard, Alfredo, and Christopher from Freedom's Boombox, Quentin and Joshua from Humming House, Anas Ali, Maza Haroon, and Marilyn Rodriguez. We thank them for their stories and their willingness to try new things. For more about ECA exchanges, check out eca.state.gov. We encourage you to subscribe to 2233. You can do so wherever you find your podcasts, and we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at ECA Collaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Complete episode transcripts can be found at our webpage at eca.state.gov slash 2233. And you can now check us out on Instagram at 2233 underscore stories. Special thanks this week to everybody for trying new things, for living to tell the tale. The various interviews were done by Ana Maria Sinatine, Manuel Pereira Colocci, and me. And I edited this episode. Featured music during this segment was I've Waited So Long, Philadelphia Mambo, Laura, and China Nights by Cal Jader, and Unidos and On a Clear Day You Can See Forever by Cal Jader and Eddie Palmieri. Music at the top of each episode is Monkeys Spinning Monkeys by Kevin McLeod, and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagirlius. Until next time. <laughs>